Welcome to Your IT Coach, coming to you from the Buffalo Public Schools Instructional Technology Department, a podcast channel dedicated to the art of teaching through the lens of experienced instructional technology coaches. Welcome to Your IT Coach, where it's not just about the technology, it's all about the learning. Greetings, my educational peeps out there in internet land. Inside the matrix, we're back with another episode of Your IT Coach, and we're rounding out the week by introducing our last guest host we're gonna introduce to you. He's someone that I really respect, one of the most creative guys that I know. He always makes me laugh, um, and we've been in the department together for many years now. Let me let Mike Strangio say hello and introduce himself. Hello, Keith, happy Friday. My name is uh, Mike Strangio. I'm a uh, district instructional technology coach. I work with, I guess, the innovative technologies that the district has and explores uh, on top of the regular ITC duties. I am a former math teacher in the district, and uh, now I work in the IT department doing this, and I'm having a blast doing it for sure. The most I know about Mike is he does have the best toys. Uh, he's always getting something I'm a little bit jelly of sometimes, but he does innovative technology and STEAM education, and he's really on the cutting edge, I think, of what people are doing across the country. What I really don't know is is your background, Mike. You know, you said you're a math teacher. I kind of knew you were a math teacher, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your adventure, you know, how you got into teaching and and what your classroom was like. Oh, very cool. Thanks. Um, so I guess I guess it goes back to my high school days. When I went to Lewiston Porter High School and all of the elementary schools, the middle school and the high school are all on one campus. So when I was like in 11th and 12th grade, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, um, I started going to like a first grade, first grade classroom. So during my free periods or so, I would go and hang out in a elementary school, first grade classroom, a young male teacher who, you know, was a great teacher and I observed and kind of helped out. And so then from there, I went to Buff State, did elementary education. But then I've kind of found that I really didn't like the clutter so much in elementary <laughs> classrooms. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like an orderly person. And you don't say. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I always liked math. That was like my favorite subject. And for some reason, when I was in my math classrooms, in middle school and high school, I always liked how orderly everything was. I liked the, the orderly, the neatness. And I like the structure, the way the math, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, but for me, I kind of like the way sure. teachers taught math. So it was like, for me, it was structured. I knew it was coming. I knew the order of things and, you know, and that's how I got into teaching math. So it sounds like you had the teacher bug pretty early in life. I'll be honest with you. My folks, they're immigrants to this country. My dad, he has a fifth grade education. My mom has up to an 11th grade education. So they really held educators and teachers in high regards. Sure. So like, you know, they really idolized educators. So where are your, so where was, are your parents from, Mike? I don't know. Uh, they're from Southern Italy. Okay. So you're, mm -hmm. you're kind of what, second generation. I think first generation, right? first, yeah, generation? first generation. See, I'm not a math that's guy, we, so I mess yeah. up numbers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's really interesting that you kind of went into it, you know, so early on your own. And then now you have your own math classroom. And what was that like? I mean, I was in a lot of different situations in Buffalo, and you like some more than others. I started out in an excellent situation. I was over at School 31, and we were doing like the block scheduling, and I had you know smaller classrooms. I really got to know the students, and great team, and it was so much fun. Then there were cuts across the district, got laid off. But I think actually I came back, and I don't know if you remember this, 
I actually came back and I was at McKinley in I do. on a cart. We call those, we call that teaching a la carte. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it was funny when I started, we were like one of the first schools to have the interactive whiteboards. I was very reliant. Everything I, that I taught projected ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. I, go to, I go to McKinley and there was none of that. So I actually set up a cart. So I had like an overhead projector, the digital projector. And then everybody at the school used to say that I had the million dollar cart. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and it took so long for that elevator. You were probably rolling the cart in as the bell rang. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it taught me a good lesson. We do rely on certain technologies, which I think is kind of a good thing to rely on, not just one and a multiple, like a, just a range of technologies, because, you know, the technology can become obsolete at any time, we'll say, and things can change. You know, sure. we have no control over when a software company just stops a product and, you know, you can't use right. it anymore. Or the bulb blows out, right? I mean, exactly. we're always ready for plan B, C, mm -hmm. D, and E as educators So in Buffalo. At least I was. I think that's kind of the part where you have to kind of get creative because we, there was no interactive whiteboard. So I, I used to project the digital projector onto a regular whiteboard and I would write on the whiteboard or the the bulb projector. So I was blending the, those two technologies together to kind of emulate what I was used to. So I think that's kind of where, you know, some of my exploration of technologies kind of like it kind of unlocked some doors for me because because a lot of what I like to do is just take various layers of technologies that are completely unrelated and kind of layer them over one another. So when you can when you unlock that possibility where you can use something that wasn't intended for something else and be resourceful with it, it really is, gives you some sort of like uh, gratification in the technology sense. So, so it made my life easier. The main reason why I like technology is because I like to see myself as trying to be as efficient as possible and maybe follow the paths of least resistance. Technology really, if you use it correctly, will and will make you more of an efficient person or, or an efficient teacher. It takes some time at first, yeah. but for sure, once you get used to it, you'll become far more efficient. I definitely lag, I think, I'm on the other spectrum of organization than you, and I always lagged before technology in terms of doing attendance and lesson and all that stuff. And then you're right, technology just made it, at least for me, a lot easier to be pragmatic, to get things done quicker. So obviously you landed in the instructional technology department, and I can see how your experience has led you there, but how exactly that, did that happen? So... <laughs> there was technology just hanging around not being used as well, you know, for me. So I would grab the 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 voting, the active vote. Yeah, I, I, I stole a box of those. Yeah. The, the uh, active, active inspire vote or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the voting ones, which is which that itself is almost obsolete, you know. Yeah, well, that so was a game I, changer when they came out for me. They were awesome, you know. But when kids started getting the one-to-ones, I'm like – I'm like, you know, those, these are probably best for like the kindergarten classes. And they, you know, sort of started <laughs> building based person, you know, yeah. I started dropping those into the lower grades and the kids loved them. I got some excellent photos of the kids using them. Super fun. And I remember this laptop cart was, which was like these old Apple, these white laptop computers. That I remember never, the white ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my first couple of years. And I started doing that. I did like a computer club after school. When I went to Buff State, my master's program was instructional technology. It was actually the third grad program that I was into because I just, I didn't even know that existed really. And nonetheless, when I took that grad program, I didn't even know this job existed. So I was super interested. In <laughs> I'm not sure this job existed yet. I think it was yeah. creative, so, you know. It was amazing. So I saw people were, you know, I saw when I was a teacher, like I did see there were people, you know, this job existed. I think yeah. uh, Angela. We Ryan all saw was, Scott Norris eventually. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's super helpful. You know, he's next door to me and I, I can ask him for help. Uh, Norris's <laughs> noggin right next to you. <laughs> so I was always just kind of like, you know, I was into it before I was even an actual full-time teacher and I always used it and used the technology resources that we had and saw there was a posting and some actually I had good relationships with ITCs and I think actually the year before I became an ITC they were they were doing the an LTG program in one of my buildings I think Brianna Pride she was one of the people so there was like a, a, few, a few district ITCs That's school 37? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole wing of us that were ITCs. Scott and I talked about this too, and I think all of us, Molly and you and you know uh, Greg and, and Brianna and myself, we're all kind of renegade teachers. We like trying new things, and I think that that stands out. And when they're looking for people as IT people, they want us. You know, they want those people that are willing to take a risk. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, at 37, I did that. Did a lot of tech work. I did some other activities like coaching girls soccer there after school because the girls it was like you know boys basketball program. So I'm like, okay, you know the girls should have something too, and I'm, I'm a big soccer person yeah i know i know you are so what about what you're doing now you know you you've dropped you've name dropped steam a few times I and mean, there might be some people that don't know what steam is and specifically what you're doing with steam in the buffalo public schools so oh, what do you okay. talk about that all right well i'm i feel sometimes i feel like i'm like a like a one person swiss army like knife over here you are but <laughs> so it, it all started out with zspace i'd say Okay, so ZSpace computers, they're a virtual reality slash augmented reality computer. And we're pretty much at every building in the district, maybe like one or two does not have these virtual reality computers. So, so really I, just, I just want to interrupt for a second. So comparatively, I mean, this is probably one of the biggest districts in the country that that, that is using ZSpace, no? Uh, yeah, I think we're like only second largest after Clark County and Las Vegas. So what did you do with ZSpace? So ZSpace is kind of a, it's a computer, has embedded lessons, it's Steam-based, and there's just a whole range of things you can do with this machine. It has a lot of softwares that, like, so let me, let me even back up. So ZSpace computers, they're this virtual reality computer. You put on, like, these glasses, they look like regular sunglasses, and you have this pen in your hand. And with this pen, there's... You're, you open up a program and you, you're greeted with a scene with models. And with this pen, you can essentially grab manipulate and manipulate these models or experiments or things of that nature. So you can take a, a Dalmatian apart or a horse or a Dalmatian. Know, I don't know. I always remember the Dalmatian. <laughs> I, <come from. laughs> I mean, I saw, I, I played with it a few times. I, I, I'm jealous because it's such a great, great program you get to work with, you know, but using it for like uh, mechanics. I remember at Burgard. And, yeah. You know, so the Z-Space computer, you can just take models, whether they're like animals or, or like you said, mechanics. You can really explore a lot of the physical science, which you cannot do in a normal environment so much. Right. You can like run real experiments, pause them, grab the data of, you know, whatever the velocity of marble or ball or, you know, things of that nature. You can do a lot with, there's a welding, they have a welding program at Burgard. Along Burgard, with, right. Yeah. They and now Z-Space, I mean, this is something they use to train in like the U.S. Army and NASA and like big, big organizations, no? Yeah. From my understanding, it was developed, the actual technology was uh, developed by the DOD. And now you said STEAM more than a few times, so let's let's pretend that I'm a layperson. What does STEAM stand for, and what are you doing with STEAM in the district now? Okay, so that's where I was getting at. So it stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. There's been a push for STEAM of late, because I mean, the last handful of years, 
math and science scores are kind of, kind of falling off in the United right. States. So, so I know, like I know when I went to school and, and I'm a social studies guy, right? So science and math for me um, was always very theoretical. It wasn't very hands-on. It was very difficult for me to grasp. So uh, what are you doing with STEAM now that, that, that might address that? You know, I think a point came where I'm like, we could do even more with this if if we have our students kind of break into the computers in some way where we have kids start developing software. So like our higher end coding classes start uh, getting training and you're learning how to code and maybe be ahead of the curve with knowing how to code in a virtual reality 3D world. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I started doing these Saturday academies. And on Saturday mornings, I would kind of, I would hang out. Then then I brought in my cancer research doctor from Roswell Park. And he started, he thought it was the coolest thing. And he did a presentation or two. So I was trying to get professionals in, like mechanics, to do you know presentations, give students a broader perspective on what's out there. I'm like, okay, this is Saturday mornings, and you know we're doing kind of steam stuff. So it hit me at like at like maybe four in the morning on like a Saturday or something like that. But <laughs> I remember it was a night. I came, I just it just hit me. I'm like steam study hall. So I'm like, why not try to just have more of these clubs? This is like three or four years ago. Why not try to have like after school programs, Saturday academies where kids can just go and tinker and play. And it kind of expanded from there. So I had, so I kind of just kept on working at it little by little. So I called the Steam Study Hall, and it started with me just going to Saturday Academies with two bins, two plastic bins filled with um, some Steam toys that I got from the toys. I was going to say a box full of toys. Yeah, and they were just they were there. I rented them out. And I started doing this and printed out some signs. And then little by little, like I kept on adding to it. So I taught at the teacher center. I taught some Steam courses, science, technology, arts, and math. So to try to like get more teachers involved in starting these little programs in their school buildings or just in their class themselves, just because it's, you know, it's a really hard thing to, to implement, you know, to try something new. But once you start doing STEAM in yeah. your instruction, you'll see you know, how easy it can become. But it's really like you say, it's not about the actual technology that you have. Right. You always, you always state this. It's about the theory. So pull up the design loop, which is... Um, brainstorming, planning, designing, creating, testing it, revising, and adjusting it, and then going through that process and then presenting it. It really, you know, when you think about your thinking like that. That's, that's um, key. You think about your thing. So when we have students thinking like that, they realize that failure is part of the process. Sure. And you, you should welcome that because that's the opportunity where you learn. And most importantly, they're, they're learning their decisions matter. Like what they're doing counts and their decision making counts. Absolutely. Because there are, there are implications when you make a decision. And even me, like, you know, once I started thinking like that, I've become a lot more patient. And I really think that when students have that opportunity to tinker with things and play and know that thinking process, they, that they will become more patient. They will have more stamina when working on math problems or Absolutely. reading and because they just have to do something and have to right or wrong regardless that there's a process involved and kind of always work on it and refine things and make it better. So it's not about the technology tools because you can just pull tons of things out of the trash even. Because a lot of my Steam stuff I have here, I found in the garbage. You know, <laughs> a lot of stuff thrown out and you just, you just reuse it. You upcycle it. So. Right. It's like my whole living room I found in the garbage, by the way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, and it's good for the environment too. So, you know, that's, there's nothing, that's better, right. that's nothing right. better than finding a second use but or it, a use that's better than its original use for. <laughs> it's so easy to listen to you talk about Steam because I know how passionate you are about it about what you do in the district. So we're going to be handing the reins over. You said you'd you know, do a show every couple of weeks. What should our audience expect when they tune in to hear Mike's podcasts? Oh, you're probably going to hear just whatever I feel like teaching. That's, <laughs> that's what the I best like talking about, man. I think a lot of what you have to do is just do it, go with something you enjoy doing because then that makes it more fun for you and you're going to want to do a good job doing it.
seriously, I really do think, you know, I have a handful of community members and organizations that I can pull in that I kind of work with. I'm an active person. I live in Buffalo. I've lived in Buffalo now for about 20 years. And, you know, I really love the city and I try to help community organizations and I take back from, and, you know, we help each other out and try to promote what's going on in the community. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of ideas. Let's put it that way. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not just, I'm not just rubbing you here, Mike, and I'm saying this for real. I, I don't want to underestimate really the work that you're doing, that it really is not just leading edge in Buffalo and Western New York, but, but in the country. So right. uh, it's going to be exciting to hear what you have to say. I appreciate that. One of the reasons why I'm here is because I think that, I, I mean, I like the district. I feel like this district has tons of opportunity. I feel like our kids have a lot of opportunity and I really want to highlight, I hope we get to the point with this podcast that. Yeah. I mean, I everybody that I talk to on this show, all of our hosts, they're doing things that really not many people, if any, are doing across the country. So I hope that you, our audience members, subscribe. You tell your friends. We can get a flock of following and really share what we're doing because that's what this is all about. So, Mike, I want to thank you for your time. I'm really excited, like I said, what you're going to put together. If somebody wanted to contact you, someone's interested in STEAM, how would they do that? You can email either steamstudyhall at buffaloschools.org. If you want to just reach out to me directly, my email is mrstrangio at buffaloschools.org. You can also check out the BPS IT website. There is a STEAM Study Hall Schoolage Group, which I think is is just the cat's pajamas because um, <laughs> I think it's, I, I want to say it's probably the largest cross-building schoology group in the district, which has both kids and teachers in it. So there's kids from across most buildings in the district. And this is the platform that I'm using to highlight kids' work. And that's why this podcast is, exists, right? Is to share that. There, you just gave me an idea and I'm going to write it down. <laughs> and listen. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put your Schoology link right in the description below. So okay. you folks listening to this, you can check it out. And uh, thank you again, Mike, for your time. We're going to wrap this up now. Thanks for joining us on Your IT Coach. We've done it. We've introduced all of our hosts. And we hope that you're excited to start tuning in next week as they start creating their own podcasts. I'm going to put a few out and uh, together we shall grow. I always say it because I mean it with all my heart. Where attention goes, energy flows. And remember, Mike said it. I'm going to say it again. It's not just about the technology. It's all about the learning.